I'm Chris Jamison with the Jamison Ranch in Coleman, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. It is time to roll with another edition of Texas Ag Today. You know the drill. Jump on in with me. Buckle yourself up because we're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation. Texas agriculture. In the news today, USDA says we have the worst wheat crop in 20 years. Of course, we know that we've got a horrible wheat crop here in Texas, but nationwide, the wheat crop looks very bad. Drought has taken a toll on the wheat crop in many states, and we've got the worst wheat crop of all right here in Texas. We'll have that story coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos, and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Wildfires have made for some tragic news all across the state, including in the Texas High Plains. I'm James Hunt, and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll talk about helping wildfire victims and a special opportunity to learn about wildfire preparedness. Plains Cotton Growers' 65th Annual Meeting was held recently in Lubbock. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have comments from the organization's president on Texas Ag Today. Lots of things going on in the world that are making management decisions tough for Texas farmers this spring. Some in our own backyard, but some big ones halfway around the world. Hello, I'm Barry Mahler, and I have the story in my report from North Central Texas. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. USDA is calling this the worst winter wheat crop in two decades. We have just 30% of U.S. winter wheat in good to excellent condition. 36% rated very poor to poor. And while those nationwide numbers are bad, USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says the Texas wheat crop is the worst in the nation. We do see abysmal crop conditions across portions of the high plains. Hard red winter wheat country where we see 81% of the wheat crop rated in very poor to poor condition in Texas. And Texas panhandle farmer Russell Williams agrees. He planted 3,600 acres of wheat on his farm near Dalhart. I had a great wheat crop last year. This year, I don't know if I'll get 75% of that crop. It's just been so dry. I think we're at about 125 days um, without a significant amount of precipitation in our area. And even with irrigation, it's going to be really, really hard to make those top yields with just irrigation water. Even with great wheat prices right now, Williams says it's a challenge to stay profitable this year with the cost of irrigation and fertilizer prices three times higher than last year. If you'd like to learn more about the cotton industry, the Texas International Cotton School may be for you. Registration is now underway for the Texas International Cotton School. The Cotton School is a two-week educational course on cotton and textiles that integrates experience, knowledge, and further developments affecting global markets. The school runs August 1st through the 11th in Lubbock. It will take participants through the entire cotton process and encourages networking with others from the cotton industry. The deadline to register is July 15th. Details are available at texasintl.com cottonschool.com. That is Texas, I-N, 
tlcottonschool.com. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dolmel. Last week's prospective plantings report estimated this year's nationwide cotton acreage at 12.2 million acres. But Texas A&M cotton marketing specialist John Robinson says he wouldn't be surprised if that number is larger once we get the crop planted because there's just so much uncertainty right now. This is a strange year with changing prices, price volatility at this late date. And then this whole question of the cost of inputs, particularly the cost of fertilizer, and the cost and availability of herbicides, all of those things could play into the crop choice, you know, selection decision. It seems to me to be a couple extra wrinkles of uncertainty than, than normal. And with an insurance price of $1.03 this year, Robinson says it's a real possibility that we could see increased acreage, especially here in Texas. Wildfires have caused tragedy all across Texas over the past few weeks. James Hunt tells us the panhandle is no exception. The Texas High Plains region has been victimized by wildfire in several locations recently, including the big one last week that consumed approximately 39,000 acres in Hemp Hill County. But while that fire caused a lot of destruction, County Extension agent Andy Holloway says it also triggered an outpouring of generosity. The local people here in our home community, as well as people around the country that have heard about this situation, have been real, real thoughtful and kind. And there's been a lot of help shown to these ranchers. We probably hadn't gotten as much hay in as I really kind of thought we would. But frankly, uh, I don't know that we need too much more than what we've already been sent or that's on the way. Uh, I don't want to take hay donations when the hay is desperately needed in other places. But while the hay situation might be okay, monetary donations are still being accepted to help people whose homes were heavily damaged or outright lost, as well as to help buy things like fencing material and cattle cubes for ranchers. For more information on how you can help, contact the Hemp Hill County Extension Office You can also visit TexasFarmBureau.org and click on West Texas Wildfire Relief Fund. On another note, back in January, Holloway's office hosted a wildfire preparedness meeting. It drew a big crowd, but if you missed it then, you can still watch it online. We have tried really hard here at Hemphill County AgriLife Extension to video our programs, and we post them on YouTube, on our YouTube channel, so your listeners can just go to YouTube and search Hemphill County AgriLife Extension. Go to our YouTube channel and you can watch for free. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Cotton growers in the Texas Southern Plains are ready to plant the 2022 crop. Tom Nicoletti caught up with an area cotton grower in Lubbock. My guest today is Martin Sterner, president of Plains Cotton Growers. He farms in Lockney in Floyd County. I visited with the new president at the recent 65th annual PCG meeting in Lubbock. This next year, um, there are a lot of bright spots. Uh, Cotton prices are good right now, and uh, the projection is uh, from the U.S. Department of Agriculture that cotton acres will be up about 9% this year across the cotton belt, including here in Texas. Yes, that's right, Tom. Cotton plains will be up. Our dryland crop is, is still a little bit in question. Of course, we were in the same situation this time last year, about as dry, so we're looking for some rainfall during the month of April and May and, and get our cotton off to start. Yes, certainly uh, precipitation is needed uh, up in this region of the state and elsewhere. So some of the challenges you face, of course, uh, are uh, high fuel prices, high input cost, high fertilizer, and, and the drought. So uh, how do you mix uh, that with your farming day-to-day and the farmers uh, in your organization? 
Yes, uh, you know, the input costs are, are up. Of course, all commodity prices are high, too. One other thing that we're a little concerned about is availability of, of products. So if we can get the product and and the high price of cotton, maybe we can we can make it make it come out in the end. So seed availability is okay, but uh, some chemical products and then, of course, fertilizer. About uh, when will farmers in uh, the South Plains and High Plains begin planting cotton this year? Usually in May, some of it will start in, in April, but that uh, really depends on, on the weather. But it will run from May on down into June, middle of June. That is Martin Sterner, president of Plains Cotton Growers. In Lubbock, I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. There are lots of things going on in the world right now that are making for some tough farm management decisions this spring. Barry Mahler has an update from North Central Texas. With all that's going on in the world today that affects our farming and ranching industry, it's hard to separate out one area of a challenge to try to get some perspective on it. You know, uh, expanding drought, wildfires, input shortages, and rising costs aside, I think we have to take a look at the Ukraine invasion and what it could mean to Texas farmers and ranchers. Even though it's on the other side of the world, it's making decisions harder for producers because it has so much influence on the world market. You know, since the breakup of the old Soviet Union, with Ukraine becoming a sovereign nation, it's become a major player in world grain markets. In the past 10 years, Russia and Ukraine combined, they've produced about 28% of world wheat stocks. They also total about 17% of the world corn exports and a huge 76% of world sunflower seed exports. So it's apparent that the two countries involved in the conflict are both major players in world food supply. And whether disruption comes from being attacked or by sanctions in place for being the attacker, someone will have to try to make up the production loss. Now, there are a lot of different scenarios being discussed as to how this plays out and how it will affect the markets, all the way from complete elimination of all ag exports from Ukraine for the next 12 to 18 months to a shorter time frame that would slow exports for, say, the next six months or so. Of course, the length of the conflict determines whether disruption will be to the harvesting and shipping of the current crop or a longer conflict that will disrupt not only the current crop, but the planting of the next. Now, I'll let you pick which scenario is more likely to play out, and that choice will likely change from day to day for some time to come. It is safe to say, though, that Ukraine will most likely not be doing ag exports for the next few months. And with that much production taking from the world market, I think it's safe to say the wheat market will remain supported at a price higher than what we would consider normal. How high is it supposed supported it will depend on how much demand for things other than the human food supply is priced out of the market, such as animal feed and industrial uses. And it's also going to depend on how much old crop stocks are released into the market by the U.S., China, and other countries that have a stored supply. Now, remember, the U.S. will probably be more cautious with our stored stocks due to a growing drought on the plains that could very well cut domestic production and might cut it pretty severely. So you see, this discussion could go on for a while as we look at all the factors. So let's just say it's worth staying abreast of how it's going and what direction we're headed and well, what kind of an impact it's going to have on our Texas farmers as they manage their business the best way as they can and try to provide for consumers. This is Barry Mahler reporting from North Central Texas for Texas Ag Today. A flamingo that's been on the lam for over a decade has been spotted in Texas. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. And pink eye is usually a bigger problem in cattle with white or light-colored faces. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
Wildfires swept across central and west Texas in March, burning over 86,000 acres. Fires devoured pasture land and farmland, as well as livestock, homes, barns, and equipment. The Texas Farm Bureau West Texas Wildfire Relief Fund is ready to help. Farmers and ranchers with unreimbursed agricultural losses are encouraged to apply for assistance. Monetary contributions to the fund are also being accepted. Go to texasfarmbureau.org to learn more. That's texasfarmbureau.org. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Pink eye is usually a bigger problem in cattle with white or light-colored faces. Dr. Bob Judd says this is the time of year to start thinking about pink eye prevention. With fly season just ahead, we have to start thinking about preventing pink eye. Although any breed can develop pink eye, it is much more common in cattle with white faces as they are more susceptible. The disease is caused by two strains of the Moraxilla bacteria as the new strain was recently found to be involved. Pink eye causes inflammation around the eye, increased tearing, pain, and possible blindness if the globe of the eye develops a serious corneal ulcer. This disease also costs cattlemen money not only to treat, but affected animals are less productive. Dr. Gerald Stoka from North Dakota State indicates the first thing to do if you routinely have pink eye problems in your herd is to vaccinate your cattle. Cattle need to be vaccinated three to six weeks before the pink eye season. And although some believe one dose is effective, two doses 30 days apart provides better immunity. After vaccination, antibodies are produced in the tears and help prevent infection or at least decrease the severity of the infection. The next method of prevention involves fly control, as face flies are a major method of transmitting the disease between animals. Face flies can travel large distances between herds and expose many animals, and Dr. Lowell Midla indicates that some ocular damage must occur for pink eye to develop, and one source of irritation is flies. There are many methods to control flies, so check with your bovine veterinarian to determine which methods are most effective in your area. Another source of irritation is tall grass and weeds that can irritate the eyes, and the cattle walk through them, so shredding will help. Now is the time to start thinking about preventing pink eye in your cattle herd. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. A long-time missing flamingo has been spotted here in Texas. Jessica Domel tells more about it in today's Wildlife Report. An African flamingo that escaped a zoo in Kansas 17 years ago has been spotted along the Texas coast. The flamingo, sometimes referred to as Pink Floyd, flew away from the Sedgwick County Zoo in Wichita during an evening storm along with another flamingo. Since then, he or she has been spotted in Wisconsin, Louisiana, and in Texas. According to officials, no one knows if the flamingo is a male or a female. It escaped the zoo before officials could find out and before they could clip its wings. According to the Kansas City Star, the flamingo is estimated to be about 27 years old. The flamingo was born in Africa and then shipped to the Kansas Zoo in 2004. It's been on the lam since 2005. Officials say they know that the flamingo spotted on the Texas coast is the escaped flamingo thanks to a band on its legs, identifying it as Flamingo 492. 492 was last seen near Port Lavaca in Cox Bay, according to the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department. Prior to its March 10th appearance, no one had reported seeing number 492 in Texas for a year or two. So what it was up to before then, we don't know for sure. 
The escaped flamingo will likely keep its freedom. According to the Associated Press, zoo officials say there is no plan to capture 492 because there's no easy way to do so without disturbing other wildlife. So, number 492 can continue to enjoy its trips to Texas. The flamingo that escaped with number 492 has not been seen since the storm that enabled his or her escape. You can see a video of number 492 on the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department's Twitter feed. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The cattle complex saw its first higher close for the week on Wednesday, while corn and cotton closed lower. We'll take a look at all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. On the Texas Ag Calendar, livestock producers in the Kerr County area have the Kerr County Ranch Field Day coming up Tuesday, May 24th at the Hill Country Youth Event Center in Kerrville. County Extension Agent Justin Klinzik is with us. And Justin, what will be happening at the Kerr County Ranch Field Day? I'm going to start the day out with proper weaning techniques for cattle, sheep, and goats and how that kind of benefits marketability. I'm going to discuss impacts of proper grazing and overgrazing. Morgan Livestock Equipment is going to bring in a mobile working pen, and we're going to get to do some live cattle handling and demonstrations with that. Dr. Joe Passel is going to talk about the benefits of pregnancy testing and demonstrate the IDEX alert pregnancy blood test. Then we're going to round out the day with Dr. Sonia Swiger from AgriLife Extension, and she's going to talk about parasite control in livestock. The Kerr County Ranch Field Day coming up May 24th. If you need more information, call the Extension office at 830-257-6568. If you would like to have your agricultural event featured here on the Texas Ag Calendar, just shoot me an email, cmartin, C-M-A-R-T-I-N, at txfb.org. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. After two days of lower closes this week, we finally saw a turnaround in the cattle complex on Wednesday. We finished higher on both live and feeder cattle. April live cattle up 90 cents, 137.70. June up 90 at 134.22. August live cattle up at $1.05. 135.70. April feeder cattle up 97 cents, 157.10. May feeders up 95 at 159.95, while August feeder cattle were up $1.32 at 172.70. Cash fed cattle market has been active this week. We've sold most of our cattle on a lot basis at 138. That's steady money with the last three weeks. Asking prices for the cattle left on the show lists are around 139 to 140 here in the South. The online fed cattle exchange sold on Wednesday. 299 head of Texas cattle sold. They brought 138. Boxed beef was mixed Wednesday. Choice up 10 cents at 271.63. Select down $1.78 at 261.12. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Let's head to Cameron. They had a sale on Friday the 1st. Kenny Mingus is the proprietor. Kenny, how'd the sale go? 
good. We had a total of 1402, 390 cows out of that mix. Walk the pins with me. We'll start with the steers under 300, 140 to 225, 3 to 400 pound steers, 131 to 234, 4 to 500 pound steers, 111 to 214, and over 580 to 188. On the heifers under 300, 120 to 215, 3 to 400 pound heifers, 109 to 178, 4 to 500 pound heifers, a dollar to 171, and over 570 to a dollar 66. On the Packer cows, they did take some money off of those from 40 to 95. Took a little money off the Packer bulls from 80 to 119. On your bred cows, from 430 to 1475. And on the cow-calf bears, from 575 to 1950. Good. Now, uh, what was the trend versus last week? You know, it was about steady. A few of the a few of the three and, and full-weight steers were probably a little year than they were a week ago. A uh, couple of people that were out on some of those classes of cattle. And, uh, you know, also starting to see if uh, a good variant in these in these cattle you're starting to see a lot of a lot of new crop calves coming and and not as much condition on these cattle because everybody's heard the market's pretty good on them so right. my time from what i've experienced in this industry is when that when they start getting a little flesh on them you know it, it starts to eliminate some of the people that want to get some of that compensatory gain on mm-hmm. these cattle and uh it usually starts easing up a little bit well tell everybody how to get a hold of you for this next friday sale you bet just catch us at the office monday through wednesday at 254-697-6697 you can follow us on our webpage at milamcountylivestockauction.com or catch us on Facebook. Neighbor, I'm Larry Marble here in Central Texas reporting for Texas Ag Today. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now. We're lean hogs closed higher on Wednesday. April hogs up $1.7, $98.75. May lean hogs up $77 at $108.52. Class 3 milk closed higher. April milk up $0.28, cents, $24 a hundredweight. May milk up 41 at 24.81. The cotton market closed lower. Several things weighing on cotton prices Wednesday. Fears of rising interest rates causing a possible recession, a stronger dollar, and a slowing Chinese economy all weighing on the cotton market. May cotton down 184 points to close at 135.69. October cotton down 107 at 120.56. December cotton down 32 points, 114.50. The corn market closed lower after five days of setting new contract highs. May corn down three and a quarter, 756 and a half. New crop September corn down one and three quarters, 715 and three quarters. The wheat market was higher on hard wheat, lower on the soft wheat market. July Kansas City wheat up one and three quarters, 1086. July Chicago wheat down four and three quarters at 1040 and three quarters. In the energy markets, May natural gas was unchanged at 6.03, May crude oil down 487, 97.09 a barrel. The financial markets lower Wednesday afternoon, the Dow down 225 points at 34,411, the Nasdaq down 344 at 13,860, the S&P down 54 at 4,470. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name is Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.